Blog Talk Radio. Be back on the air this afternoon. We were not able to be on last week because of 
we had to do uh, go to a zoning meeting. I told you about how the Lord had blessed us with land, and but the land was not zoned for the church on. Now listen, out of all the land surrounding that area, that one spot was not allowed to be zoned. We couldn't build a church there, uh, a house. Yes, we could build a home, but we couldn't build a church, a business, and it was it was not zoned for that. So we had to go to a meeting. So at the first meeting, we was approved by the grace of God that we could, it could go to the next meeting, and then they would decide to sign approval out. And so we were the first meeting and went a landslide. To God be the glory, we were, we were, it was approved to go to the next meeting. And at the next meeting, they had to go through about three or four phases. First of all, it had to be changed uh, from a 112 to a 134. You probably know what it is. But anyway, them the zone that it was only within a 112. And 112 said that no church, no business can be built there on that land. It was farmland, so it had never had a church on it before, no way. And so they approved that it be changed. Then they had to approve that it be put in the docket that it was that it would be changed. Uh, then they had to be vote had to be voted on that it, it, it would be allowed to be changed into uh, uh, to a one thirty four so that a church could be built on it. Then it had to be proved that they would allow us to build a church in that community uh, from the voice of the people. And everything went through without a, without any kickback. Nobody stood up and vote. Uh, I mean, nobody said nothing. It wasn't in a call. And with a smile on their face and with joy, God was able to, to, to call the land to be changed that, that was not approved and not zoned for a church to be for that church to put there. So now, already uh, aware we are in the process. And now, uh, by the trust of the Lord, by the grace and trust of the Lord, in, in raise the money, however God do it, because God is awesome. You know, he does a great thing. He don't need no 10,000 people to raise no money. And what he told Gideon, he told Gideon, you got too many. You got 32,000, and I don't need that many because they end up getting the glory. How many know that God, God don't need a whole lot of folks so he can get the glory? But we do know that money answers all matter, and we need some money to build the new burning bush church. We're hoping that it'll hold 3,000 people. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing in God. I'm believing big. I ain't trying to believe in Ken then got to turn around and go back and build again. I'm going to build big regardless of how many members I have. But the Holy Ghost had already told me in a dream, he had already told me that I was going to build big. And somebody going to come and say, why you build that big sanctuary? He ain't got a handful of members because my members coming off the highway, the byway, the head, they're going to come out broken, they're going to come out lost, they're going to come out back dead, they're going to come out hurt, they're going to come out wounded, they're going to come out hungry, they're going to come back looking for the word of God. And that's what we are there for. We're there for the people. We're there for the community. We dare to let God use us to make a difference in somebody's life. Don't care whether white, black, Puerto Rican, Chinese, Czechoslovakia, it don't matter whether Hispanic, whether uh, it doesn't matter us. We are there for all nations and all nationalities. We're there for anybody that is in need of help from God. So do pray for us, and we will do a quick work. You know what? I'm 65 years old, so I want to be able to build a church so I can enjoy many years in the church before I go home and see the Lord, and I hope that ain't no time soon. So anyway, the radio world, you can help us, you can donate to us, and you can be a blessing to the ministry. Do cast out whatever the Lord leads you to do. You do that. Amen. But it only take a little in the hand of many. Amen. Hallelujah. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know what? I said, if 94 million people gave a quarter, add that up and see what that would do. Amen. That would get a job done, would it not? But we we saying that to God be the good. Let the Lord touch your heart. What does the Lord tell you to do? We ain't getting no prayer line. We ain't getting no twenty dollar and thirty dollar line. We, I can't send you no 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 handkerchief, no medicated rag that can cost you you get healed. We ain't going through all that. This is Bible said we have not, because we ask not. Asking the shall be given, seeking we shall not find and not shall be open. So we ask King 
that if God would touch your heart, he would be a blessing to the burning bush ministry, that we might build that sanctuary. Hey, my God. Oh, it's a three-point-two acres of land right in the curves. Everybody can see right out of the city. And I tell you, it's a beautiful spot. And we're looking to do beautiful things. We're looking to build a fellowship hall, a gymnasium, and, and, uh, and, a, and a church. We're looking to build a church, not church of the first phase, and then uh, uh, the fellowship hall, the second phase, and then the gymnasium. Now, that's optional. But to God, be the glory, that's within our spirit. And we want it to be a campus. It's not going to just be a church. Although it's going to be a campus. It's going to be a burning book, not a nominal, the living church campus for all people. Amen. We're hoping to have a minister school there also that teach the minister because we've got so many leaders out here leading themselves. They out here say God called them, but they don't want they want to do, living how they want to live, act like they want to act. But, baby, when you call by God, you got to walk like God. you got to act like God. you got to let the attributes of God be benefiting you. Even the apostles up here, they just got saved yesterday and calling yourself apostle. You at least got to wait two days before you call yourself an apostle, but already the apostle ain't, ain't even read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but yet you say, God, call you to be apostle. Ain't even got nobody to honor you. How you call you to be apostle? You don't even, won't even be faithful to your church. Won't even, won't even let nobody lead you. In order for God to call you to be an apostle, you've got to be led by somebody. And we got all this mess going on. That's what we teach in leadership class. Wait on the Lord. Bible, he'd have been called to preach, let him wait on the preaching. He'd have been called to prophesy, let him wait on the prophesy. He'd have been called to be a pastor, let him wait on to be a pastor. Baby, it takes God's grace to make you a pastor. A pastor is a gift. A pastor is a calling. A pastor is something you go to seminary school and get. Now, if you're doing that, please don't stop. But that ain't what it's about. You've got to be a pastor, it takes a gift because you've got to deal with people's personalities. You got to deal with people's behavior. You got to deal with people's characteristics. You got to first deal with your demons so you can deal with other people's demons. You see what I'm saying? You can't even handle your own self. You having a nervous breakdown yourself. How are you going to pastor somebody 300 people out in the congregation? And I said 3,000 a while ago. How are you going to handle 300 people and you can't handle your own self? Can't even handle your wife or your children? The Bible said a man that can't keep his house together. How he going to rule the house of God? So we need to think about these things before we jump out there and do it. So this ain't no game going on. This thing is real. You are affecting the lives of people. So I'm excited this evening, man. I can, remember, I got a weak listen, so I'm so excited. I'm excited about how good God is. And you know what? Can I say this to the radio world and everyone listening? I don't care if you're an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a leader, other the wife of the church. I, it's time to be happy. It's time to be happy, happy Christians. I ain't seen so many sad Christians all my life. Honey, the first thing you need to do is be a happy Christian. You need to be happy that you're saved and sanctified, happy that your Holy Ghost healed and five baptized. When the disciples came back out of that journey they were on, and Jesus sent them out to cast out demons, they they gone for a few weeks a month. They came back all excited because demons would cast out and they screamed and hollered. But Jesus, did, he didn't relay on that. He didn't, he, he didn't retaliate on that there. He didn't even concentrate on that. Well, Jesus said to them, don't be happy because demon got cast out when you spoke the word of Jesus. But be happy that you're saved. Be happy that you've been born again. Be happy that your name in the Lamb Book of Life. I say to all Christians, get your joy back. Get your joy back. You, you, you just think about what you're doing. Get, 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 the, get the horse back in front of the car. Set how to come to yourself. Get your joy back. How are you going to have joy at church with all those members and get home ain't got no joy with your husband, ain't got no joy with your wife, ain't got no joy with your children? Huh? Don't nobody can't get along with you when you ain't at church. Get your joy back. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Put a smile on your face. Be a happy Christian. I am 65 years old. Just turning last week my birthday, and I am a happy Christian. You hear me? God been good to me.
And I love that song that got out now, the goodness of the Lord is running after me. I want y'all to know that the goodness of the Lord is running after me. Everywhere I go, I don't see nothing but the goodness of the Lord. You need to live so that the goodness of the Lord can run after you. You need God's goodness. You need his goodness. Not the goodness of man, not the goodness of your job, not the goodness of your money, not the goodness of your friend, but the goodness of the Lord. David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And David said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God wants his goodness and mercy to follow you. But first he wants you to put a smile on your face and get joy back in, in your heart. Quit walking around like a sad Christian, like somebody that stoked your joy, and you don't know when you're going to get it back. Be happy when the world sees. Listen, the world already said. The world already said. And then they come to church and you sitting there sad and mad at one another. And the world like, is that, is, hey, if they ain't doing them no good, how good is it going to do us? you got to show the world. See, you got people out there on drugs and alcohol. See, when I was out there on drugs and alcohol running needles up my veins, they couldn't have win me into the church with these old phony testimonies they had. They had to show me something. God got me in because he showed me something. If God hadn't showed me what he showed me, I'd still be lost today. What did he show me, Pastor? He showed me that he had a joy far beyond the joy that I was experiencing. He showed me he had joy far beyond the joy of them drugs, the joy of them alcohol, the joy of those women fornicating and the commitment of adultery and midnight rabbit and hanging out in the club. He showed me there was a joy greater than that joy. I called it cloud nine. He showed me there was a joy, a joy that could take you to cloud ten. God showed me a joy unspeakable and full of glory. God's joy, shot out. God's joy was so great to me that it made me let drugs down. It made me let alcohol down. It let me make fornication and dust and midnight ramming down. It, it, it gave me, it, it's a joy I never thought that was possible. That's why he said it's unspeakable and full of glory. This joy that God will give you, this peace God will give you, it'll blow your mind. Huh? It's greater than any marijuana joint, any Colombian gold, uh, any kind of drugs you might say you're taking right now. In the name of Jesus, you need to try this joy. I tell you what, it'll change you. So I, I encourage Christians, not Christian leaders, especially leaders. Because leaders, if you don't leave with joy, listen, if you don't leave with joy, your members can't follow you with joy. How they gonna follow you with joy? You ain't got no joy. Your members gonna be frowning just like you frowning. I go to some church and look at the pastor. Pastor sitting up there frowning. I look at the member. All the members frowning. So you see that spirit on the pastor gets on the members. That's why they frowning y'all. They ain't frowning because you came there. They frowning because they were frowning already when you got there. So smile so your members can smile. The Bible said when Queen Sheba came and saw Solomon and saw such an array he had, and everybody was happy. Everybody was in their position. Everybody was in their place, and they were proud. They were happy to be under Solomon leadership. And she said, my God, my God. Somebody had already told her, but when she saw they saw it for herself, she said, they have and yet been told. They told me, but my God, they didn't tell me everything. You need to be so leaders and pastors that when people come to your church, they can leave and say, my, what an experience I had at that church. The member was so nice. They were so happy. I felt the presence of the Lord all over me just by being in that midst. This is the kind of church we ought to have. So I ain't going to say I meant to say all that. I'm trying to be led by the Spirit. Listen, this afternoon, uh, 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 Satan is very busy, and he did not want this message, but we're going to talk about depression and anxiety. And he did not want this message uh, uh, to come to pass. Many apostles have been talking earlier about how the enemy would attack you whenever you're trying to do a spiritual thing. Do you know what that enemy did? I was copying off my lesson, and he took around and made my printer 
slip up 20 sheets of paper at one time and jammed them into the printer so they couldn't get out. Not only could I get them out the top, the bottom pulled themselves in halfway, and now I can't pull out the bottom or the top. They all stuck in. So I ain't never seen it happen before. Stuck in there so tight, I can't even pull them out. But you know what? We're going to have church anyhow. Ain't nobody touch the devil. So we're going to talk this evening, amen, if you be with me just patiently. Thank you for allowing me to say all that there. But we're going to get into the lesson now. And we want to talk about uh, depression and anxiety because depression brings on anxiety. Uh, it, it makes you impatient. It makes you not want to wait on the Lord. Sometimes it makes you forget who God really is because you're in a hurry. You want God to do it now. You want God to do it in the next few moments. You, you, but the Bible said they that wait on the Lord. You got to wait on God. Listen, after forty some years of serving God, I learned that it's a, it's a blessing to wait on the Lord. Oh no, <laughs> excuse me. I hadn't always been here. I've been anxiety too. Ain't me telling you the story. Now, if I'm gonna teach you this, you not got to be honest. There were times I've been in anxiety. There were times I was depressed. I remember waking up one morning in, in, in a homestead that me and my wife were staying in, and the enemy had depressed me that night because somebody said something to me the day before. And they said some depressing thing to me that wasn't of the Lord. But what got me was they prophesied and said it was God. And, 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 and that's what hurt so bad. They used God and said God told them to tell me that. And that was bad about me being just young in the faith. I just recently got saved. That, that, that depressed me because for them to say that about me and God behind it too, you know, making me feel like God's going to destroy me for something that I didn't even know I really did. I'm, I'm feeling bad. I'm done with I woke up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I got out of bed and went out in the yard. And my wife, she got dressed and came out behind me. It was just me and her. We had recently got married. I was so depressed. Oh, church world, I was so depressed. So I know what depression is. I wasn't so depressed I was going to kill myself. But I was so depressed I was crying. I was in despair. I needed an answer and didn't have none. And then God told me, we was on the farmland where we were, we were living on the farm. So I walked back across the field, and God told me to walk back across the field. I didn't know why God wanted me to walk across the field. So the first lady, she walked out across the field. She wasn't first lady then because I wasn't pastor. So she walked out across the field with me because uh, I told her God just wanted me to walk across the field. So I walked over across the field, and I am. We broke and ain't got no money and ain't got no job and don't know where our next paycheck coming or the next money going to come from. And I walked over to this field, and there was a fence between me and the field. And the field was full of green grass as beautiful green as green could be. It was flourishing. It was, it was bountiful. And God said to me, he said, be encouraged. He said, for the day going to come when I'm going to make your life like this field. I'm going to make it abundant. I'm going to make it green. I'm going to make it flourish. And I want you all to know I'll never forget that day. That day, I was, God encouraged me. That day, God lifted up my spirit. Now, I'm saying, now, how did they tell me one thing? When God tells you, now listen, quit listening to what people say. Don't let people depress you what they say about you. Don't let people judge you because they said this and said that about you. People didn't make you. Uh, people don't have no predestined end for you. People don't have no future for you. And the devil used them to discourage me. But God took me out of that field and spoke to me, and I know the voice of the Lord. The Lord spoke to me and told me he was going he, he to flourish. He was going to bless me. Oh, that he was going to increase my blessing, that he was going to prosper me, that my life would be like that to you. And ever since that day God told me that, God has been working on just that. So I encourage you this evening, uh, uh, you can live above depression and anxiety. Uh, the level of being honest and open about your mental health is often the first step to finding relief. And what's more, having depression is nothing to be ashamed. According to the National Institution of Mental Health, an estimate 6.7% of the adult population had likely dealt with depression. At some point in their lives, 
It is important to know you're not alone and that there are valuable, effective resources out there that can help treat depression. From therapy to medication, there are, there are also crisis hotlines available, VIA chat, text, and phone that can help guide you uh, to resources as well. If you are, listen, but I have a greater, I have a greater, I have a greater, a greater way to tell you this afternoon, amen, that they, they do encourage you, that if you are a Christian person, turning to the Bible in time of struggle might come naturally to you. If reading the verses for the inspiration, looking at the Bible verses about anxiety or saying prayers to help ease anxiety had helped you in the past, know that there are Bible verses that address depression that could be helpful as well. Memorizing, exciting, or reflecting on these verses could be a great addition to seeking mental health, counseling from professionals. No matter what, no matter what, listen, no matter what, knowing that God loves you just as you are, regardless of what you are feeling or experiencing in life. So we want to talk this evening about, I got some Bible verses. I want to share these Bible verses with you, and I may the Holy Ghost anoint my lips and my mind, and I'll be able to interpretate them uh, the way he would have to be interpreted, not the way I want to be interpreted. The first, first Bible verse I have for you this afternoon, and may not be a whole lot, but I'll fill up your plate. The Lord himself goes before you and be with you. Listen, and never leave you, nor forsake you. Do not be dismayed. You might be discouraged. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. Listen, the Lord himself, see, while you're sitting there worrying, while you're sitting there depressed, while you're worrying about your business or worrying about your husband or worrying about your marriage, worrying about is it going to last, is it going to make it through this crisis, is it going to end up in divorce, or is, you gonna, is they going to lay you off, or, 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 or when you're going to finally get a job that will pay you enough money so you can quit living from paycheck to check. It doesn't matter what comes to depress you. We all are vulnerable to be depressed. I didn't say we all was depressed. I said we all are vulnerable to be depressed. For now, listen, for you that are not depressed, you ought to pray with me as I read these scriptures that those that are depressed will be undepressed. Okay? So don't think this message ain't for me because I'm not depressed. You don't know what tomorrow holds. I tell them down here on my end, if you don't need it now, put it in the freezer and freeze it and thaw it up later because you sure won't need it. If you live down in this world long enough, you're going to need some, you're going to need some of this right here. The Lord goes, God will go before you. You sit back here worrying about the problem. God don't go on down the road to fix the problem. You got to understand that God don't think like you think. He ain't sitting there looking at you while you're depressed and feeling sorry, sitting beside you with his hand on his chin, wondering when and when you and him going to get up. God are hard. God already done got up. God ain't afraid of your problem. God ain't afraid of your sickness. God ain't afraid of your poverty. God ain't afraid of them that messing with you. God ain't afraid of your enemy across the street to keep on bothering you over and over again. God ain't scared of them. God done gone before you. And he said for you to be the, to be and be not discouraged. See, you discouraged because you don't see the answer coming. But I come out and tell you the answer is on the way. Uh-huh. The good news is while the presence can make you feel lonely, God is still there with you, and he's not going anywhere. Yes, the presence make you feel lonely, but in the midst of it, you need to know that God is there. I know you don't see God. I know you don't see him. But whenever Elijah was, was, was surrounded by the king's enemy, they were in the castle, and they were surrounded because the enemy, the king sent uh, his army after Elijah. When he found out that Elijah kept telling the business about every time he got ready to attack the other king, uh, 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 
every time they got there, the king would know that they were going to attack him, and he would maneuver and get away, and that king trap that he had would, would, would work. So the king said to his men, he was mad. He said, Where, who is among me that is a traitor? Who is it that he betrayed me and going telling the king about what I'm about to do? And another man spoke up and said, oh, king, it's none of us. It ain't we, but that is Elijah, that prophet, that man of God. God tells him everything, and God tells him what you're going to do before you do it. So the king said, go get him. I want him. Go bring him here to me. The king was going to bring him there and destroy him because he was the enemy to him. But when he went to get Elijah, Elijah was inside of a castle, inside of a fort, and they surrounded the fort. So Elijah and his servant couldn't get out. So the servant began in depression. In anxiety, he was he was like, oh, oh, my God. He said, oh, at last, at last, man, of God, what are we going to do? Look here, look here. We've been surrounded by the king men, and I don't know what we're going to do. And God said, to, and Elijah said to God, God, open up the servant's eyes so he can see that there's more for us than there is for him, them. And God opened up the servant's eyes, Elijah's servant's eyes, and he saw angels by the legion all around the castle with their sword drawn for battle. They were ready to kill every soldier that was out there. I want you to know you got invisible help. Oh, shot, boo, boo. I want you to know you got invisible help. I'm talking to somebody. God told me to tell you to lift up your head and hang down and be encouraged. You got some invisible help. Those same angels that were back there with Elijah, and that, 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 that God showed Elijah's servant, and they had their sword drawback for battle. God got some angels with sword drawback for battle just for you. And did God not tell you the battle ain't yours, it's the Lord? He's the same God today. The battle ain't yours. Why you keep trying to fight a battle ain't yours? You ain't big enough. Pastor, you ain't big enough to pastor your church. Apostle, you ain't big enough to pastor your church. Uh, 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 assistant pastor, you ain't big enough to follow your pastor. You got to let God do this thing. It, it take God to lead a pastor. See, you're going to be the pastor of God. He said, I give you a pastor out of all my own heart. You hear what I'm saying? You, you got to have the heart of God in order to pastor people. You got to have love for them. You got to have forgiveness for them. You got to have compassion for them. You, you, you got to have long suffering for them. You got to be patient with them. You got to forgive them time and time and time and time and time. And I ain't even got started yet. Over and over again. You can't come to a conclusion because they messed up two or three times. You're going to throw them out the door. You're going to take them off the committee. You, you're going to get rid of them. You don't want them to come at your church. No, baby. You got to be patient. When that sheep goes straight, go get that sheep. I want that sheep. That sheep keep leaving. Go get that sheep. That sheep is yours. That little wounded sheep is yours. And it's your responsibility is keep that sheep until that sheep get healed. So I encourage you, leaders. I encourage you. You got God on your side. Let God lead you as a pastor. Let God lead you as an apostle. Let God lead you as an evangelist and a prophet. Prophesy under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and not on what somebody told you. So no, now Elijah has, has revealed unto the servant, and he now see all those men ran about. And I encourage you, every pastor, that there are angels in charge of your church. There's angels in charge of you that God wants you to use to help run your church. Quit trying to run your church by yourself. You you, you, you preach every sermon. You do Sunday school. You do Bible study. You do morning worship. You have three services a day, and you got 30 members, 30, 30 leaders, 30 pastors sitting there, and you won't let them do nothing. You listen. Yes, God called you. But don't take on that burden and, and burn yourself out. And not you, your church might be growing, but it'll grow even more if you use the gifts that are there. And you start using them profit and using them evangelist. And start letting some of them other preachers preach sometime on Sunday or on that other service. You got all these services, and you're trying to catch every one of them and trying to do it all yourself. 
Why do you think God gave you help for? What good is having help if you ain't going to use your help? What, 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 what did Joshua, or what, what, what did Jephro, or what did he tell Moses? And here he was, he wanted a prophet considered. But yet he told Moses, he said, you take too much on you. You try to leave all these people by yourself, and you're going to burn out, and the people are going to burn out too. But set you down some 1,000 and 100,000 and 50,000 and 10,000 and divide the load. Pastors, divide the load. I was talking to a pastor one time, and how he said his church was growing. His church was growing, but he didn't think it could grow. He thought that maybe he had to grow to his capacity because he was leading. He was doing the prayer meeting, the Bible study, the Sunday school, morning where he was doing everything, and he had ministers there and people that would give and would not use them. But God spoke to him and told him, use the gift. Use the gift that I put in those members there. And when he did that, 10,000 more people joined him. His church grew to 10,000 because he opened up and let other leaders in the church help him out. You need help. Use the help you got. Don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Don't think that you're the only one got a voice. You ain't the only one got a voice. I'm not the only one. Yes, I'm the apostle of the Birmingham Church, but I'm not the only one got voice. I got prophets that got voice. I got evangelists that got voice. I got teachers and preachers that got voices. And when God used those voices, I allow those voices to be used. So I am excited about that. Know that you got angels in charge of you that you don't know nothing about. No angel will get you through depression. Their job is to not let you be depressed. Their job is to get that spirit of depression off of you. But you got to armor yourself and know that you've been depressed. you got to know that anxiety on you. The Bible says confess your fault. you got to armor yourself and quit trying to be so, oh, my God, proud that nobody wants to know that you get depressed. Yes, I'm depressed that morning. And if God hadn't stepped in that morning and delivered me, I don't know where I'll be today. And from that day to this day, yes, depression has come. Even after then, but I handled it different because God gave me the grace. So every time you overcome one hurdle, God gives you grace to get over another. And that's why you keep getting over these hurdles. And you get over one hurdle, you get over none because God's grace grows. You know? It grows more and more. And then next time you've been attacked by depression, you will handle it different because from the way that you handled it this time. Amen. Uh, Philippians 4 and 8, finally, brother and sister, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these such things. What is the writer trying to say? Now, we're talking about depression and anxiety. See, the reason you get depressed is because you get out of the will of God. You get out of the atmosphere of God. You get out of the spirituality of God. Amen. You get out of the city limits of God. And now you're over there in Satan territory where he can start telling you this and telling you that and telling you this and telling you now he don't call you to leave your church. Uh, and you sitting over there in another church because they said something about that church. And then when you got to that next church, you found out that it was worse over there than it was where you left because you listen to people. And they keep guiding you. You keep going from one place to another. Listen to the voice of man and not the voice of God. But the Bible says keep positive things in your mind. What's and never is lovely. Listen, what's and never is true. The word of God is true. Keep God's word in your mind at all times. It is true. God's word is noble. Oh, God's word is noble. God's word won't mislead you. God's word won't hurt your feelings. What's never is right. God's word is right at all times. What's never is pure. God's word is pure all the time. Not that old cussing. Not the old filthy joke that you tell us. Not them folks folk you hanging around with a foul mouth. Get away from around them folks. And get something lovely in your heart. See, when you think of these things, Satan can't put evil thoughts in your mind. He can't bring depression in your mind because your mind is full of good things. What's never is admirable. Get something that makes you smile. Something that makes you happy. Something that's worth having on your mind. They said, and if anything is excellent, 
or prayed worthy. Find something that we're giving God or prayed for. Think about how good God been to you. And think on that and just praise him for it. Uh-huh. And, and, and he said, and, and think about such things as these. Keep these things. And what's never is, 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 is truthful, praiseworthy. What's never of a good report. Think about something that good happened. And think on these things. And when you do that, oh, my God. And the good news is, although there may be difficult or dark times, take time to be grateful and reflect on things that are good can lift your spirit. Keep your mind on good things all the time. Quit sitting there talking about what somebody said about you and what somebody told you that somebody said about you. That ain't what you need to have on your mind. You need to keep your mind uh, uh, with pure stuff, with, with good stuff, with clean stuff, with stuff. Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Amen. And the good news is depression can zap your energy and make it feel almost impossible to accomplish even simple tasks. But this verse reminds you that Christ is always there for you. But through him, you can find the will to get through even the darkest time. I can do all things through Christ. Ain't that something that strengthens me? Not something. Listen to this. You've got to understand that you can't lay Christ down at no time. At no time can you lay your Christ down. You lay your Christianity down. Lay your trust in God down. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians so entertain. Not something, but all things. Whatever God tells you to do or you need to do, you can do it. My daddy told me a long time ago. He said, son, there ain't no horse, ain't never been rode. And there never was a man, ain't never been sold. So that other word that he said, if one can do it, you can do it too. You may not can't do it as good as they did it, but you can do it as best as you can. Amen. Always, and, and he would always tell me, don't never say no. Don't never say no. Don't never say can't. He said, cocaine in the vocabulary. He said, you can. You can, not can't, but you can. Ain't that exciting to know? Praise God. I'm trying to help somebody to see with depression. Amen. Because it's going to come. Amen. It comes to all our house. Amen. It comes to all our house. Excuse me. I'm on the computer because I couldn't print my stuff off. And they were trying to trying to take my lesson. But that's all right. Be patient with me a moment. God be the glory. My stuff blanked out on me, but it's all right. We're going to see our church this thing. We do all things with Christ. That stresses me. Okay. Psalm 23 and 4. Enemy attacked my security guard, but this is the guy. He's mad because he's getting excited to see, but that's all right. We've got a few moments left. We're going to see how church. Amen. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff does comfort me. Listen, sometimes it won't seem like that you're walking near death's door. He said, do I walk through the valley? The doctor gave you a bad report. You got cancer in the breast, a cancer in the process, a cancer in the colon, a cancer somewhere in your body. The doctor's going to tell you to go home, and you're going to die and not live. I'd have come out to tell you you can live and not die. The doctor said you're going to die and not live. i come out to tell you you can live and not die. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And God before you, 
who then can be against you? You hear what I'm saying? If God be for you, who then can be against you? God's always on your side. God always working in your favor. Always. Not sometimes, always. And he wants you to know that. He wants you to know that even when it looks like you're in this thing all by yourself, God is helping you out right then. Amen? When it looks like you're by yourself and it looks like, well, you know, ain't nobody care. See, Satan has you take it. This is how depression come in. This is how anxiety come in. But Satan makes you think that you're the only one left. That's what Elijah got depressed. Elijah said, Lord, I'm running from Jezebel. He was mad. He was scared because Jezebel told me she's going to kill him. He said, God, I don't even deserve to live. He said, I'm the only one left. God, Elijah, I got 6,000 men. Ain't never bowed their knee to the devil. You ain't the only one left. You just think you're the only one. I come out to share something with some of you. You just think you're the only one. You ain't the only one. There's more people out there uh, that, that are going through you, uh, that are going through uh, like you are, and you need to know that. There are other people out there that are depressed. There are other people that are having hard times. There are other people out there that just can't pay their bills. There are other people out there that have been sick for a long time and look like they're going to get over the sickness. I come out and tell you, you're going to be all right. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Praise God. Second Timothy, Psalm 99 says, the Lord also will be a refuge for their prayer, a, a, a refuge in time of trouble. Do you hear me? That's Psalm 99. God said he'll be a refuge. That means like a shelter, like a, a haven, uh, like a rest home. He said for those that are, are depressed. God knows you're depressed, and I know you're taking pills. You might be taking medication. I ain't for to judge you for all that. I'm just trying to tell you, take some Jesus with you. I'm not telling you to stop doing what you're doing. Take some Jesus with you. Put him there. Trust him. Trust him in the midst of your trouble time. Oh, I've been, oh, my God. If I could tell you the story, I don't even know what I do know. I sit inside, I don't even know why I'm here today, but I, would tell, I, I wouldn't be telling the truth. I'm here today because God got me here today. But I can say this much, if it had not been for the Lord getting me here today, I would not be here today. Many, 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 many times the enemy have approached me over these 40 years and tried to throw in the towel. Now, misunderstand me. I didn't say I want to throw in the towel. I say many times he approached me to throw in the towel. When somebody keeps on approaching you about something, it gets kind of serious out of the while. And so many times the enemy try to get me to throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. You know, they got an old song out, go up, uh, climb the tree, Lee, go out the back, Jack, get on the bus, Gus. You know that song. It's an old song. That's an escape code. That's a way to get out of what you're going through. But no matter, every time it looked like I was going to throw in the towel. I threw the towel one time. I just knew it. I, you know you know what? This is more. This is more than I can handle. And I threw the towel, but the only thing happened was I didn't hear the towel hit the floor. And I got to say, now, why the towel didn't hit the floor? You know why the towel didn't hit the floor? So God caught the towel. And some of you like that, too, kind of throw your towel. You forgot God standing in your corner. And when you threw that towel, God caught the towel. I remember seeing a fight one time. It was a fight. And and, 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 the, and, the, and the guy that was fighting, uh, his coach thought that maybe he had been beat so bad that he don't need to fight no more. So the coach grabbed the towel and brought it way back and throwed it. And then the towel was coming by the man here, he grabbed it. <laughs> he grabbed the towel and said, not yet, coach. He took that towel and brought it back up and gave it back to that coach and went out in that rain, and he put a beating on that man. He won the fight. I want to ask you a question. Are you coming out when the bell rang? 
Oh, yeah, some of you don't say, oh, I ain't coming back out, Pastor. I'm depressed. I'm in anxiety. Uh, I, I don't have enough. These folks ain't going to straighten up. These members ain't going to do this. These members ain't going to do that. Uh, they just don't want nobody to pastor them. They just don't want nobody to tell them what to do. They just going to do what they want to. Well, let them do what they want to do. You do what God told you to do. So it's wrong. You don't got too personal. You don't touch the matter into your heart. You don't got deeper in this thing what you should have. What you're supposed to do with pastor, tell them the truth and go home. Pastor, tell them the truth and go home. You ain't going to follow them to the liquor store. You ain't going to follow them to the club. You ain't following around the corner and see what they're going to do. That ain't your responsibility. Your responsibility to cry loud and spare not. Tell down men, women, boys, and girls the way to sin to death and the gift of God eternal life. And then leave the road at the church and go home with your wife. And y'all go out to dinner, go to the park, somewhere, go to the movie, and quit carrying this anxiety home with you. Quit carrying the church home with you. But I can tell you something that I was told a long time ago, and I learned it the hard way. Yes, baby. Church folks, amen, will tear up your home, will tear up your marriage when you take and start taking them home. You ain't should be taking them home with you. Leave them at church. Leave them at church and go home with your wife and your children and lay back and relax. Set a time for you. Yes, you don't mind counseling, but set a time when you're going to relax for you and your wife. There's a time when you need to steal away. You can't counsel 24 hours a day. Tell me anytime you need me, I'm there. I said that too, but I had to reframe that. Because I sound like that some people take advantage of that, and you won't never get no rest. No, no, this is what I say. Anytime that I am available, are y'all still with me? Pastors, you're not always available. Sometimes you've got to take out time with your wife, take out time with the children, take out time with the grandchildren. You may have to go to the schoolhouse and some award that they got going on, or some little ball game they got going on in the park. And you can't be there for the church all the time. If you're there more for the church than you is for your family, then you need to think about what you're doing. Because the Bible says forsake all other and love them only. You should, family should come. You, yes, you obey God. Yes, do what the Lord says. But don't let it get above family. Oh, my God, my God. Seven, uh, Second Timothy 1 and 7. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of a love and of a sound mind. Leaders, preachers, church world, you can't walk in fear. This is of the devil. God give us not the spirit of fear. This is where depression comes. This is what's going to bring depression. This is what's going to bring anxiety. You're afraid. You're fearful. God will not tell you something to do that he ain't going to back you up. You hear what I'm saying? God has taken, made me, God has had me make some major moves. I was passing the church. It had somewhat uh, a membership of 500 people. And I was passing and had been doing it for 19 years. And God told me to let it go. Let it go now. I, look, look, I'm barely getting, I'm barely making it as it is. I shouldn't say barely, but I'm struggling, right? not struggling, but I'm barely making it now with the finance that I'm doing and blessing the church that are blessing to me, you know, and, and what they were doing. And God told me, give all that up and start a church of my own. Start it from the bottom up. Start it up with a handful of members that had no time, money, no nothing. Me and my wife had to pay all the bills. We had to meet all the needs of the church and pay the note on the church. All except also paying the note, our own note. And it put us in a financial situation. And I'm like, God, you know, somebody said, don't question the Lord. I'm like, but Lord, why? Why would you tell me to go from here up high, go from this dominant place? This was a dominant church. The church our pastors were one of the mother churches in it. Matter of fact, it was the greatest church in the conference. It was the mother church of the conference in the main city that I was living in. And, 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 they were, and, and, they, and the people of the church like, what's wrong with this man? He must have lost it. But him to leave this big old beautiful facility and go to a little building on the side of the road. See, that's what God told me to do. Go to that little building on the side of the road and start a vertebral church. I obey God. Pastors, sometimes in obeying God, you don't ask for other people's opinion. 
You don't need nobody else's opinion when the Lord is speaking to you because they're going to they're gonna mislead you, and you're going to find yourself not in the will of God. You're going to find yourself in the will of people. It didn't matter what they thought about me. It didn't matter about the income that I was giving up. Yes, it looked like I was crazy. Yes, it looked like I need to go to Dorothea Dish and get some mental health. It did look like that. But when God gets to telling you something to do, baby, it may look like you need to get some mental health. But I want to know when you obey God, all things work together for good. The devil love God. I didn't operate in fear. I operated in faith. You hear what I'm saying? Pastors, I don't know why I keep saying this. When God gives you a vision, when God tells you what to do, you take it back to your trustee. You don't ask for their opinion. You tell them what the Lord said and let, it take, let God do the rest. You, God, you can't make them do nothing, but God can. So you you stay focused and don't walk in fear. Don't walk in fear. To everyone listen to me, don't walk in fear. God give us not the spirit of fear. If fear is in your life, and fear is there, it's not God. You hear me? Psalm 34 and 18, the Lord is neither to them. They are a broken heart and saved such as a contract spirit. God cares about your tears. God cares. Listen, no matter how old we are, I don't care how strong we think we are, how proud we think we are, we all can cry sometimes. Sometimes I be wanting to cry. Oh, my God, sometimes we all cry. Sometimes crying can help you. Sometimes you need to steal away and cry some of that mess out of you. It's building up in you now. You think you're too proud and you can't cry. Uh, David said, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard my cry. Sometimes you got to go away and cry unto God. Tell God what, how you feel. Uh, God said, pull your heart out of him. Do you not know? Tell me, I can't say that to the Lord because you can't talk to God. God told you to pull your heart out under him. Do you hear me? God wants you to tell him. that you Tell him what's going on in your life. If you got a habit, tell him you got a habit. I don't care if you a leader. I don't care if you hold us a position. You go and get in your prayer closet. I ain't say tell the radio world. I say get in your prayer and tell God your shortcomings. Tell God your fault. Tell God your habit. Tell God your hang-up. Tell God your frailty. Tell God you're depressed. Tell God you're in anxiety. Tell God you're about to throw in the towel. Tell God you're about to quit. Tell God you done had enough. Tell God to help you. Tell God to strengthen you where you're weak. Tell God to build you up where you're torn down. Tell God to, to restore you. <coughs> Tell God to give you the victory. Tell God to give you a fresh anointing. Talk to God. Pour your heart unto the Lord. Tell him you're mad if you're mad. He knows it anyway. Amen. He said he night unto you, a broken heart. God know your heart is broken. And the scripture said that he night unto you. God is closer to you with a broken heart than he is them whose heart is all fixed up. He know your heart is broken. And he said he night unto a broken heart. And that means all you got to do, open your mouth and cry, baby, God, hear your prayer. Night means to be close, to be right there in your midst. He right there with to fix it. Psalm 50 and 15 said, call upon him in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. Oh, my God. Ain't that exciting, radio world? Call on God in the day of trouble, and he will deliver you. Listen, he didn't say he might. He said, I will deliver you. Oh, my, we had about 12 more and a half hours. He said, I will deliver you. I want to encourage somebody that is depressed, somebody going through anxiety, somebody that won't feel too good this evening about ministry, and I, I, I encourage every leader, every minister, every apostle, everyone that is leading people, you're doing a good job. I know folks don't come and tell you that. The apostle is telling you in the spirit by the power of God. God is speaking to me to tell you you're doing a good work. Don't come down. I'm going to tell you like they told Nehemiah. Nehemiah said I'm doing a good work. Why should I come down? You're doing a good work, apostle. You're doing a good work, pastor. You're doing a good work, leader. 
Maybe you're an international leader. Maybe you're a leader in another country. Maybe you're a leader over foreign affairs. I encourage you, don't give up. I know it may look like that what you are over is not seem to be working out and people still killing and, and genociding and, and doing all kind of crazy stuff and, and gang banging and, 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 and raging and burning building and, and acting crazy like they ain't learning nothing. But you stay encouraged. You keep on being a leader. You stay on top. You keep on pushing forth those, those laws that, that is right. Because sooner or later, it's going to work out. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to catch it. Somebody's going to take on what you're saying. So you were leader of foreign affairs in other countries. I don't know why God got me talking to you. He told me he, my gift would bring me for leaders and great before kings and priests and leaders of the nation. Now I'm talking to the kings and priests and leaders of the nation. You did it. They're, they're, they're leading people. And folks make you think you're making a wrong, wrong, wrong move or you're not doing it the right way or you should have did. You said, baby, you can't plead the whole world. So quit listening to the people. Don't never leave. Listen to people. Listen to the voice of God because if you a leader, God is talking to you. I don't see to what I'm not saying. Uh-uh, baby. God is on the side of the leader where you say a law. God said he put leaders here. He said all power come from God. All power come from God. All leaders, you are under the power of God. Whether you know whether you're walking up like you ought to or not, you are under the power and the voice of God. Listen to God. Do what God told you to do. Lead your church. Lead your nation. I feel the anointing coming on me. Lead your country. Lead them in a way of righteousness. You know what is right. Lead them right. They can only follow what you lead. If you lead them wrong, you're going to be destroyed. If you lead them right, you'll be exalted. Why do you say the apostle? Because the Bible said righteousness. Listen to this verse of Scripture. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach against any people. If you live right, if you do right, if you teach your nation right, teach your church right, teach your home right, teach your city right, teach your your community right, you will be exalted. God will be on your side. The glory of the Lord will back you up. The glory of the Lord will work in your favor. The glory of the Lord will set things in order. The Bible said, in all my ways, acknowledge God, and he shall direct your staff. He shall direct your path. Leaders, put God back in his place. Listen to the voice of God. Do what God say. You're not going to be popular doing what God say because people want to do their own thing now. They want to live in destruction. They want to live in chaos. They want to live in defeat. They want to walk in the flesh and be destroyed. But you've got to be led by God. Lead your nation. Lead your country. Lead your church. Lead your family. Lead your home. Lead your business. Lead your job by the power and the voice of the Almighty God. Amen. Psalm 34 and 17, when the righteous cry for him, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their trouble. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves such as in spirit. When the righteous cry, are you righteous? Then cry to the Lord. He will bring you out. I know he will. He brought me out. He brought me out of prison. He brought me from that, oh, when I laid in that prison bed that morning in 1979 on a Sunday morning, lost on my way to hell. He came in that prison cell. So you can't come in prison without permission of the warden. You, 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 you can't come into prison without the security guard giving you permission. You got to sign papers. And, and then you can't come into visiting hour. Well, God came in on Sunday morning, and it wasn't in visiting hour. And then he didn't even go to the desk. 
He didn't go to and sign in at the warden. He was uh, He walked through the wall. Right? He came through the wall. And what's so good good about it, not only did he come through the wall, they didn't even know he was there. And he came in and he saved this little old nobody. He picked me up that day on 1979, and he's been blessing me ever since because I cried unto the Lord, and he helped me. He heard me. He delivered me and cleaned my record and brought me out of prison and established my going and gave me something. I had nothing. Didn't have no wife. Didn't have no children. Didn't have no grandbabies. Here I was just a little old prisoner on my way to a devil's hell, and God saved me and gave me a name that morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. He gave me a name that morning, and he saved me. And then from that day forward, he began to bless me one moment after another. He gave me a beautiful wife just a few years later. Just a couple of years later, here I was at the 1979. I got saved in 1981. Huh? A couple of years later, he brought me out and gave me a woman. Well, didn't even deserve her. He brought me out and gave me a woman. And two, two years later, then she gave me four children. And the four children gave me 22 grandchildren. I'm sitting here, 65 years old, blessed man. A man came from the prison to the palace. A man that came from nobody to somebody. I encourage you. I don't care how low you are. I don't care how cast down you might be. I don't care how broken you might be. I don't care what loss you've been through. I encourage you to cry unto the Lord. He will hear your cry. He's waiting for you. He wants you to cry. He wants to show off. He wants to show you his glory. He wants to show you that he's God and Messiah and there is none other. You hear what I'm saying? Let me read that bad verse again, Psalm 34. When the righteous cry, now if you're righteous, I'm talking to you. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. And the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves us in, in crust in spirit. All these things, you all crust and depressed, all in anxiety, about to give up and throw in the towel because the devil made you thought that God won't for you, that God didn't care, that God wasn't concerned about what you're going through. He done lied to you all this long time. You, uh-uh, no, no, no. You ain't fit to die, you fit to live because I speak life right now over the radio world. May my voice go to every country. Lord, every city, every town, every nation, every nationality, every race, every home, every school, every job, every facility. I speak life to every dead situation. I speak life to every dead marriage commanded to live. I speak life to every leader in foreign countries that seem to be, don't know what to do. You've been asking for an answer from the Lord, and you don't know what to do. You don't want the decision to make, because the decision you're making is going to affect one way or the other. But you've got to make a decision. I speak life in that situation, that God will give you the answer you need, that God will give you the answer to take back to the meeting. God will take you the answer to take back that foreign affair, and I don't even know what I'm talking about. This is the Holy Ghost doing this. If God will give you the answer to take back to that foreign affair, to that meeting. You want, you need an answer. You need that answer now. And the answer that you give is going to make a difference. It's going to take the life of so many people, but it's going to be good because God's going to give you the answer. And whatever God tells you to do, you do that. You do it. You ain't trying to please your mom or your dad. You ain't trying to please your sister, your brother, your aunt or your uncle. <clears throat> or your nephews or your friend, this thing is spiritual, and this thing is about God. So I'm excited. We're going to get ready to pray for you that are depressed, you that may be dealing with anxiety. I done gave you the word now, so we want to lock it in with prayer. Precious Father, we thank you. We're excited this afternoon about your word, God. It got us lit all up. We're happy. We're happy campers in the Lord. We're happy, God. And not only am I happy, I want you to make the radio world happy. I want you to put a smile on somebody's face. Somebody's been going through so long, God, that they're sad now. They've been going through so long, God, they done lost their joy. And we ain't judging them. But, oh, you are God of restoration. Restore their joy, God. 
Restore their joy. Give them their joy back. Hasha. Give them a joy back, God. Give it back to them. Give that husband back a joy for his wife. Give that wife back joy for her husband. They've been married so long that they're building at one another. They've been married so long, God, that it seems like they can't even stay at one another. I bind up their spirit, God. If they ain't sleeping in the same bed. Uh-huh, I see you. I see you, the Holy Ghost say. There's one sleeping in one bed and none sleeping in another bed, and yet they call themselves the name of Christ. They call themselves being born again. They call themselves in Christian. They can lead others, but they can't lead their own self. Get them out that bed, God. Put that husband back in the bed with his wife. Put that wife back. Wife, get back in the bed with your husband. Husband, get back in the bed with your wife. Cut that foolishness out now in the name of Jesus. You leading others, you telling them what to do. Now you go do it. You go do what you're telling others to do. The Bible says that the die shall, that says die shall not kill, shall die kill. No, no, no. You can't teach one thing and do another. So, God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you, I speak life. To every situation on the radio world. I speak life, everyone on the sound of my voice. Command them to live and not die. I bind up the spirit of depression. I bind up the spirit of anxiety. I bind up the spirit of suicidalness. I take authority over in the name of Jesus. You suicide demon, I bind you up right now. I know you right now. I know right now you, you got an assignment to take somebody's life. You got an assignment to make somebody take their own life. But you suicide demon, cross dry ground, I command you to go and not come back. I bind you up in the name of Jesus. Come out of you from your assignment. You shall not kill today, but somebody shall live because I bind you up. God said, what if I bind on earth, you will bind on heaven. What if I loose on earth, you will loose in heaven. And I bind up this suicide demon. I bind up this oppression demon. I bind up this anxiety demon from against the mind of your people. People, God, and somebody gonna live and not die. They gonna lift up their head, pull them curtain down from that window, got them curtained up, them dark curtain up that window. Been in that room for a long time. Your husband dead, your wife done died, your child done died. Baby is over with. Get up and live. Pull them curtain down from that window. God don't want you to sit there and die because your husband gone home or your wife gone home. He didn't do that to depress you. He didn't do that to give you anxiety. Pull them curtain down from that window. You lost your brother. You lost a son. You lost a daughter. It's over with. Pull them curtain down from that window. Get up and live and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. I bind up the spirit, the spirit of remorse. I bind up the spirit of grievousness. They got somebody grieving. They've been grieving a long time and look like they're going to grieve in the death. But you grieving spirit. I bind you up in the name of Jesus. I bind you up grieving spirit. You lose your hope. Get out of them. Get off of them right now. It's over with. It's a brand new day, God. And they got to live and not die in the precious name of Jesus. And then God touch, 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 touch a possumazi. Touch us from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. Thank you, God, for opening up that door for me, God. She could have gave this to anybody, God, but you told her to give it to me. And I count it an honor. I count it a privilege, God. And yes, I do. God, I don't take it lightly. And because she obeyed you, she could have gave this to somebody else. Touch her, Lord. Strengthen her, Lord. Heal her, Lord. Encourage her, Lord. Lift up her spirit, Lord. Mount her up with wings like an eagle. She'll be able to run and not be with it. Bless her son. Bless her daughter. Bless her grandbaby. Bless her job. Bless our car. Bless everything that concerns her, God, for opening up such a door that what others can be blessed, God, thinking about others rather than herself. Bless her now in the name of the Father. Bless her in the name of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Do these things, God, and we'll forever give you praise that thy word not be cast out and not go out for it, but be accomplished what you sent it out to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.